Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. Jill Taylor here, your friend and your host. And I have a friend with me today that I know you're going to love, Cindy Christensen. Wow, what a, what a lot of things I'm going to need to do to explain how special you are to me, Cindy. But thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jill. <laughs> Cindy lives all the way in California, so she's experiencing warm weather, and all of the Ohioans here are probably not excited about that. Well, wait a minute. You might be having fires. What's going on out there? Well, it's 62 degrees where I am. I can smell the fires, and I certainly know people affected by them, and I'm certainly praying for them. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to share a little bit about uh, the friendship and how I happen to come to know you, Cindy. You're younger, quite a bit younger than I am. And I was in a Sunday school class with your in-laws, your parents' in-laws, and they were doing a great job of teaching me wonderful Sunday school stories in high school and working through the Bible. Then you came along, I think, in college and met John Christensen, and he became your husband. Is that correct? You got it. You got it. And was that in Oregon? Were you in Oregon? No, you weren't in Oregon. Where were you? Yes. For some reason, God took us 1,200 miles to meet each other, and by the time we figured out where each other lived, not only were we started by saying, what state are you from? Oh, California. Where in California? Southern California. Well, where in Southern California? <laughs> Well, Newport Beach, well, where? Well, we could see each other's house. Oh, you're kidding. No. So, and we think we were probably at birthday parties as kids together because my <laughs> mom's cousin is his mom's friend, and God obviously wanted us to meet each other. Oh, that is amazing. That is amazing. And how many years have you been married? 42. Oh, my goodness. Well, you're not so far behind me after all. I mean, we're... <laughs> We're in the 40s, too, in our oh, there marriage. You go. So, yeah, that's that's exciting. I wanted to ha- ask if you'd be willing to share a very, very special story that touched my heart tremendously, not too terribly long ago. Well, it has been a while now, 10 or 12 years. 12. Yeah, 12 years. You have a story about your daughter, Amy, and I'd love it if you would just share it from your heart. I always love talking about Amy, but this is not one of my favorite stories by far. Amy and her husband, Tyson, were planning to move to Southern California, where our other daughter and family were, and it was a lifelong dream come true to have the girls raise their families near each other. Tyson had one week left, so I flew up to drive with Amy to drive a van full of their belongings back down south. And we were three hours into the drive, and we stopped for lunch. And at which point I said, would you like me to drive? And she said, well, you know what happens when I get in the passenger seat. And I said, of course I do, honey. Have a good nap. (laughs) And she said, but mommy I'm having the best time with you. I said, that's okay, honey. We have all the time in the world. But we didn't. So we pulled out on the freeway, and she put her seat back, which I never realized was a potential problem, and I can explain that in a minute, but she put her seat back and took a nap, and partway 
down on the drive, the car started shimmying enough that I was planning to get off the freeway because I didn't know what it was. It was that kind of shimmying where you think, oh, it's just a bad patch. Uh And it woke Amy up, and she started to bring her seat up, but she said, what's the matter, Mom? And I said, I don't know, honey. I don't know if it's the freeway or if we have a prob. And I never finished the word problem because by then we were airborne and we flew through a fence and rolled three times. My Mm. back left tire exploded. Mm. So there was no time to do anything right or wrong. But And as we were rolling, it was awful and it was loud and everything was cracking and breaking and screaming. And I said, God, just not Amy. And I felt this strange pocket of peace, and I heard him say, it's not up to you, just trust me. And after all the crashing, and during all the crashing, I said, I love you, Amo. And I heard her say, Jesus. And I believe that is when he danced her off to heaven, when she saw him face to face. And when all the crashing stopped, it was way too quiet. And God gave me the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. I knew the history of that hymn, and that was the gift from God that told me that she didn't survive. Because it was going to be many hours before a person actually told me that. But I knew he was telling me that so that I wouldn't have false hope. And I just said, oh, Amo. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because I was a mom who couldn't stop the world to save her child. And however God did it, he let me hear her voice say, Don't be, Mommy-o. Help take care of everyone else. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Her words gave me such comfort that she was instantly in heaven. She'd seen Jesus face to face in that moment of horror. There was a holy moment. It also seemed to be kind of a commissioning to reach out to others in that moment. And that has become a passion of mine. I'm still, because I'm... Fighting back my own tears, I know that you've shared this story before in public, and I know you've shared it with individuals who have lost their own child or their own spouse. I know that it is a beautiful story because there's such an affirmation of bringing God immediately into the crisis that you're experiencing. What happened next? Were there people that came to help you? Not for a while. Um, I was, the car landed upright in an alfalfa field, and she ended up 39 feet away because when she brought her seat back up, it it didn't fully, the seatbelt didn't fully re-engage. But I also had to go to trusting God that he has, He knows the number of our days. Kind of going back to Psalm 139, he knew. I used to tell her that 
he knew the hairs on her head and the freckles on her nose. <laughs> but he also knew the days of our lives, and I had to accept that fact and that mine, for some reason, were not up, even though if you saw the picture of the van, I shouldn't be here. But apparently he is not finished with me yet. And sometimes when I speak to people... I feel very strongly the need to say, and hope I, I think there's probably somebody on your radio. Maybe you are one of the reasons I am still here, is to share the hope of Jesus that God can bring purpose out of our pain. Wow, that is, and that's such an important message and such a hard message to accept in the midst of such pain. I I am so grateful that you are speaking that out for the people who are listening today, our guests who are with us along this conversation, because I'm amazed at how many people have had such tragedy in their lives, whether Mm -hmm. it's not being loved in a kind way by a spouse or losing parents that were so dear to you at a normal age that you would lose them. It's still a tremendous loss. Mm -hmm. Or losing a child or a grandchild. All of those things are such traumatic events for us. For you to apply that beautiful transparency over the story of God's miraculous speaking to you and allowing you to hear her voice. So I don't know. That must have been extremely reassuring. You got taken, I'm sure, to the hospital and and cared for and yes? or Yes, and then one of the things that I didn't understand until later was that they checked me out. I was banged and bruised and lost some scalp and I was, but I they kept checking on me, and, and finally the doctor said, um, well, it doesn't look like you need any surgery. There doesn't seem to be anything internal. Or Anyway, I said, you're being so nice. Why do you keep checking on me? And he said, well, just tell me about your daughter. So I told, talked to him about Amy, and it was only later when they were releasing me that the nurse said, did the doctor tell you about himself? And I said, well, no, he was amazingly kind. But she said, oh, he lost his son six months before. Oh, Amy. And I thought, there was he was an inspiration to me that he reached out and asked about Amy. And so I have yeah. learned to ask about whoever somebody has lost, yeah. tell me about your child or your yeah. spouse or your grandchild. So Amy had someone that was there waiting in heaven from this doctor's family. That's and he was also an example of how you keep going forward. He continued in his pain to help people. He helped me so much. Three days after I was home, he mailed a book that had helped his wife and words to a song that had helped him. I've never forgotten that. And we corresponded for a time, and then I I haven't been able to reconnect with him. Wow. Well, we're going to take a deep breath and take a break for a minute and come right back with Cindy Christensen from 
California, Newport Beach, California, and we'll talk more. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. We are a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gift today helps educate hearts and minds on God's wondrous provision of life. If you'd like to send a generous gift and help us continue broadcasting on this station, you can visit our website, chooseliferadio.com. Click on the Donate button and follow the directions. You can give online, or if you're more comfortable, simply mail us a check. Our P.O. box is listed on the website. Choose Life Radio focuses on the sanctity of human life from conception. And your kind and generous gift today, well, it makes this broadcast a reality. When you make your gift, please indicate the call letters of this station. And while you're visiting ChooseLifeRadio.com, we'd love to hear from you in other ways. You can email Jill directly or connect through social media. And remember, all of our past broadcasts are available to you as podcasts in our archive section. So visit today, ChooseLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Choose Life Radio, and I'm Jill Taylor, your host. And we have a very special story that's already been woven for us by Cindy Christensen in Newport Beach, California. She's our guest today, and she shared a very touching story about the loss of the life of her precious daughter, Amy, who was a newlywed and moving down the coast to be closer to uh, their family. And a, a horrific accident took place, and it cost Amy her life, and it left Cindy, her mom, in the car, in the truck, in the van, trying to ask God what's going on. So that's a wrap-up, kind of, of what we've heard. You're going to be able to hear it on a podcast later if you miss that first half of our story. But Cindy... I'm hoping that you can share. You mentioned that God immediately indicated to you that there was more for you to do and that you were going to be able to use this to touch the lives of other people. Can you tell us about the ministry you have? It's one that just evolved, and it was nothing I planned to do, but I instantly needed help in my grief, so... We went to marriage counseling, I went to individual counseling, I went to grief group. All of those things were giving me tools and help, and I learned from my grief group that you need to be with people who speak the same language. It would be like finding an American in the midst of a foreign country. We would instantly connect because somebody spoke our language. I needed to find people who understood the language of grief. Even my wonderful friends and supportive neighbors could love me, but they didn't understand the pain that if I could just say to another person in grief, what did you do with their Christmas stocking? And they instantly got it. So I felt called anytime I heard somebody lost somebody, it didn't matter who what relationship, mother, father, sibling, child, whoever, any kind of, and it could be a death of a dream as well. Hmm. But to talk to somebody who understood that kind of pain, and 
God just kept opening doors or putting people on my heart. I would, once I saw somebody putting flowers on the side of a road, so I knew she'd lost somebody. So I pulled over and started talking with her just to let her know. She said, well, I guess that'll just get better in time. And I said, no, it doesn't only get better with time. It gets better with work mm. and time. You need to do the work of grief and be honest and acknowledge your pain. And that's what helps God comfort us is when we tell him where we hurt. Yeah. We can't stuff it. So I try and come alongside people. I'll try and meet them for coffee. And then if they're willing to go to a grief group, I'll go to the first one with them. Sometimes I go to more of it with them. Because if you can just give somebody a ray of hope, they have a chance. Because some people just want to give up and curl up. Mm. But if you can just say, you're going to survive, and I'm going to help you, and there's others who will help you, Mm. and color will come back to your world again, and the sun will come up tomorrow, you can actually honor the loved one who you lost by the way you go forward and tell their story. I love talking about Amy. And sometimes I picture her giving me a big thumbs up and going, you go, Mommy-o. <laughs> oh, that's great. You you have another daughter, Kelly. I have another daughter. Uh, tell me about her family a little bit so our, our listeners can enjoy. Kelly is amazing. And we tell her children about their Aunt Amy so they will get a sense of who she was because she is so important still in all our lives. Mm -hmm. I also have to say that Amy and Tyson were happily married for three years. And at the graveside service, God helped me say to Tyson, Tyson, there's room for you here in this plot, but you belong with your next wife and I will dance with you at your wedding. Oh, wow. And a few years later, I danced with them at their wedding and I look at his wife, Laura, as a daughter-in-law. And those children call me CC. It's something only God can do. God not only wants to redeem our pain, he can repurpose it and he can bring surprising new chapters There's that saying, don't put a period where God's put a comma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God knew I still had plenty of love to share. It's not with Amy and Tyson and their children. It's with Laura and Tyson and their Mm -hmm. children. uh, There's just so much in my head as you're talking that I want to ask, how did John, your husband, come alongside? There had to be... There had to be some of the feelings that I've felt in loss over the years of just frustration. and. Oh, absolutely. We talk about Amy all the time. We, Her birthday was August 11th, which is 8-11, and every day I just happen to look at my phone or the microwave at 8-11, and I'll say, <laughs> John, it's 8-11, and I'll say, oh, what a girl. I wonder what she's doing in heaven. Aww. Boy, I miss her. <sighs> But through the grief group, that helped us because we grieved very differently. And the grief group gave us a common language. Like I could say, I was ambushed by grief today, and he knew what I meant. Mm -hmm. And it helped us process better together. Mm -hmm. 
because that does happen. It happens. You can be shopping and it's not on your mind at all, and suddenly something just strikes you, and you're you're almost doubled over uh, with the pain of that loss. So I highly recommend grief support groups because sometimes the people you thought you would have come alongside you aren't, but God can bring other people. And I would tell people to be very gracious with themselves in grief because you will be forgetful and spacey. I also would say be very tolerant of others when things they say come hit you wrong. Grief is a very discombobulating time and experience. Hmm. But God can walk you through. And that was one thing. I probably never used the word bittersweet as much as I have since losing Amy, but I have felt a sweetness from God that I never knew before, and I pray for your listeners that God could walk alongside them and scoop them up and show them the sweet part of Him in a whole new way. Tell me a little bit about how people who aren't believers might come to know God through this. Sometimes it just seems like there's anger towards God, and they don't even necessarily believe in God. People who didn't think God existed can suddenly be very angry at him, which I find very interesting. But I've found that when I share my story of just saying, I knew this kind of pain was too much for me to handle alone. I couldn't get myself out of it. I needed somebody bigger, and I'm so thankful that God existed. And I can say that in a way, as I tell my story, because people in grief, we don't have the resources on our own, and we need something bigger than us. And it's kind of like saying, what have you got to lose? I am so blessed by this story, and I'm so blessed by the positiveness of what you're sharing. You're suggesting grief groups. Do you, in particular, Grief Share, I think, is one yes. you've mentioned grief before? Grief Share be- has 13 weeks of tools and information, and you can join it at any time. And people, it's all around the world. You can go to griefshare.org and input your zip code, and it will tell you where there's one near you. And I always tell people to give anything new a couple of weeks in case something just seemed off that night. But the information is so helpful. Just what are the myths of grief? What do you say when people say dumb things? What do you do in holidays? And very helpful information that we, we, we're not taught in our culture how to grieve. And ungrieved grief does not go away. It comes out bigger later. Well, I have been so blessed by you and the phone calls you've made to me over the Mm. past few months and just some of the things that we've experienced that you've really been uh, there for us. And I'm also just amazed at how the church does become such a caring family, if you'll Mm. allow it, if you're going to a church to just go right to the pastor and let them know what you're hurting with. And it's amazing how they will make those connections for you to others who have been there and will walk it with you, just like Cindy's talking about. 
I think you can, as, as she suggested, look up uh, Grief Share and, and put your zip code in and find out if there's someone close by that's, that's starting a group that you might be able to um, get involved with them. So I pray over you, Cindy, and your ministry and the way you're touching people. I know that you are a blessing to me, and now you're a blessing to a lot of people in Ohio who are hearing your precious story. I'm just going to close in prayer real quickly. And thank you, God. Thank you for Cindy Christensen, for her experience with Amy. Thank you for holding Amy the way you do that we can't. Thank you for her family. Thank you for her husband. And thank you for the lessons that you've taught her, that she's been able to share for others who are hurting. We love you, Lord. We know this is no surprise to you in this world of fallen people that we're going to die in this world, but that we can live eternally, Father, in your kingdom, in your home, and be cared for. And so we ask that you just remind us how to share that gift with other people as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cindy Christensen, for being my guest, and I look forward to talking to you on a personal line sometime soon. Okay, my pleasure. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, everyone who's been with us for Choose Life Radio. It's been our privilege to have you with us today. If you've been touched by that story like I was, we'd love to share that with more people, and we need your help. So please consider helping us by going to our website, chooseliferadio.com, and take a partner role with us. I'm Jill Taylor. Thanks for joining me today. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.